0: Hi, welcome to the Alphabet Show. I'm David, and you're listening to episode A, our very first episode. Um, the recording that you're going to be listening to um, took place Friday, November 13th, at Earth House, um, and the performers are Phoebe Bodkin, Josh Davidoff, Claire Zad, Ben Klausner, Joey Chipman. Uh, old Souls, which is Mira Guth and Eva Moskowitz, Noah St. John, Shane Bannon, Kathleen Radigan, and Olivia Morris. Um, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, there, it, the event itself almost um, got shut down by our public safety kind of halfway through, so um, just be aware of that when it's happening. There's some... Uh, I think there's a little noise and stuff in the background, but uh, other than that, uh, enjoy the Alphabet Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Um, this is the very first Alphabet Show. <laughs> <laughs> Episode A. Um, <laughs> we are going to tell you a little bit about how the show came to be.
1: Um, yeah, so like a couple months ago, David was like, so I have this really great idea that I've been thinking about for a long time want to make a variety show for the radio on the internet or something like that. Um, I was like well what's the alphabet show? He says each show will be about one letter of the alphabet. I was like that makes no sense. Um, (laughs) um, But really we just wanted to create a space for storytelling um, or music or anything that people wanted to share and a warm community environment. Mm.
0: So yeah. Um, our first storyteller is um Phoebe <laughs> i
2: <in> <laughs> It's just
1: charging her laptop. Oh, I was just <laughs> charging her laptop. <laughs> I'll go is Phoebe in the room. What? Where's Phoebe? <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Mean, she has been here the whole time.
0: Let's <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> find Phoebe. She's <laughs> coming oh, She's coming down.
2: Okay. So, yeah, everyone's going
0: to make a grand entrance. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, okay, well, welcome Phoebe. <laughs>
3: Um, so what I'm going to read is, no, where do I start? When I was in high school, there was a lot of student government, and because of that, I wrote a lot of campaign speeches, and I wrote a lot of speeches once I got the positions. Um, So I was looking through some of the old speeches and seeing if one of them would be good to read, and while you're listening to it, maybe think about, like, what kind of place I went to high school Cause it tells you a lot about a place when you consider like what you have to say to sell yourself to that place. Not that I was selling myself, cause I was into it. I wanted to do it, but um. There you go. Oh, to give you some context. Okay, at this point, to get ready for this speech, I straightened my hair. I put it in a ponytail. And I was wearing a blazer, I think. The blazer isn't an important. part. <laughs> okay. Hello again, class of 2012. As I explained in my previous speech, my name is Phoebe Bodkin. It recently came to my attention, however, that by some of the juniors, I am also known as big hair. But my hair has not always been big. In fact, at one point, it was quite small, as was the rest of me. In fact, when I was 14 years old, I stood no taller than 4 foot 10. Then I went through a period where I was very small and had very big hair. I have now grown somewhat to fit my large locks, but today I have shrunk in my hair so that you may look past my exterior, and I hope after this speech you may look upon me instead as I really am, ambitious and power-hungry. Don't let the small <laughs> frame deceive you. I'm a bloodthirsty tyrant under it all, and I see this victory as a necessary stepping stone on my ascent to eventual... Domination of the human race, our ecosystem, and the inner solar system stopping at Mars, and depending on how I'm feeling, maybe I'll go for the gas giants like Jupiter and Neptune and stuff. It's just, I'm not really sure those are worthy investments, you know? I mean, I can't even land on a gas giant. More importantly, can its surface support a 400-foot-tall statue of myself made entirely out of gold and dolphin tears? Because if not, then I really don't see any point in taking it over. I mean, Pluto, that was a planet you could land on. But now we don't even call that a planet anymore. Who decides what are planets and what are not planets? That's just a label we tack on. Like some labels you guys have all undoubtedly created for the classes here at Milton. Perhaps you consider one of the classes the smart class, the tart class, the aloof class, or the class that has a lot to do before they are leaders class. What are we known as? According to a number of people who have given full year rep speeches, our class is divided. Our class is the class that could be more unified. Some of you may disagree with this. Whether we are truly divided or not, we can always become closer, and I suggest we have a day where we take off half our classes and instead split into groups for some super fun activities, like a pie-eating contest or a dance-off, a day of bonding activities. After school wouldn't work because people who have friends don't feel the need to play bonding games during their free time. <laughs> we could also use a little more JV appreciation. If we could have a JV pride day, we could let them know, hey, you know what? You don't have to be the best to earn our respect. <laughs> Milton Acad is a stressful place come junior year. And in the wise words of my cross country coach Buckner, we must learn to endure stress and anxiety because those two feelings will not end with high school but I can certainly try to allot one assembly per week for silent meditation. I've been at this school for eight months and during that time I have had teachers I love and teachers that I love somewhat less than others. Perhaps this is a big wheel that I could only begin to get rolling, but if students could provide short, anonymous teacher evaluations at the end of each year, then teachers that students love could keep doing what they're doing and teachers that students love somewhat less could maybe augment their approach, whatever it is. I want our class to be at least known as more than the class that is sort of divided. I would feel privileged to lead you guys in this. Think of what we could do as a unified front. We could, for example, conquer those puny freshmen for one, and once we have them in our grasp, we can take on the rising seniors, and then it'll be the whole of the ISL, and then, my friends, then the sky is the limit. And as I say, the jury is still out on the gas giants. I'm not making any promises, and I'm more than willing to talk about it. To be honest, I have always had a soft spot for Saturn's rings. Vote Vodkin, and there will be no stopping us. Thank you.
0: So um, up next we have Josh Davidoff. And also, we so we passed out a bunch of slips that say. A is for, and A-related things, there's some pens and pencils right here. If you would like to fill one out, we'll collect them and perhaps read them later. Thanks.
4: Cool. Um, I don't really have any A words, I'm sorry. Um, Acomoony? Acrimony? Well, I'm going to play two songs because they're kind of short, so hopefully... Yeah, I won't get too bored. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote this song... Well, actually it should be obvious, I'm just going to play it. From your bedroom is fading soon Looming tombs that cover lovely yonder hill I hover tread beyond her still Sending steps that would be bathed in bloody light. If physics would bother, come flying with my skewered view Refracting, magnifying you And every particle of pigment in your manicured hair crown Discarded articles of raiment Never fail to draw a stare down Clever marked lines adjacent to the object of desire Partway sufferable conversation Fans the flames arier. It was only feeling lonely That convinced me to roam Not even moonbeams, crimson and rubies Excavate my insecurities I'll reach up to the heavens And pluck out one of their gems Form a tiny constellation On the grassy blanket on which I Eclipse this troubled night with the dilemmas brought by morning light. So evitable to suggest vice, so enviable, caressed twice, but no more. No. Of your honey laden gesture, thinking you had beckoned me to achieve something soberly. In my hasty momentum towards invented behest, your jeweled trinkets cascaded to the floor, causing my arrest. It was only feeling lonely that convinced me to your own home that The Moonbeams, crimson rubies escalated my insecurities all. Reach up to the heavens and pluck out one of their gems form a tiny constellation on the grassy blanket on which I depend. super from your bedroom, refracting, magnifying you. It's fading soon, alluding to, complying with my skew. I'll do a quick cover um, because I like the song. yeah, you, probably, you may have heard it if you're into um, Sufyong. Now that I fell into your arms, my only lover, give out to give in. I search for the capsule I lost. Drag me to hell in the valley of the doubts. Like my mother give wings to a stone, there's no shade in the shadow of the cross. Slept on my back in the shade of the meadow bar Like a champion, get drunk to get laid. I take one more hit when you depart. I'll drive that stake through the center of my heart. Only vampire inhaling its fire. I'm chasing the dragon too far.
1: p safe just rolled through and um <laughs> this event is registered but Jess who registered the, just the Jess
0: just got here
2: so <laughs> <they told laughs> us I we're gonna have to slight intermission for the second so yeah. oh, Hold
1: hold tight. <laughs> or yeah, or Ben just go on. Yeah, ben, ben Ben for you. Yeah. Okay.
5: No, isn't there? Yeah. Woo! Oh, that. I'm sorry. Um, this is a poem that I wrote, and it's called Apples. Um, sometimes while I'm eating a banana, I think about how much happier I would be if it was cold, and crisp, and refreshing, and actually just an apple. Sometimes when I see other people eating apples the type of people who don't eat it circularly but just go for it and start taking bites wherever. I wish they were eating a banana because how many ways can you eat a banana? (laughs) Bananas are linear. When I told him these things separately, he said I had a weird relationship with fruit. I realized I seemed time maintenance because who thinks about things that much? Who thinks about things? I realized the other day that people see the world differently. I realized every action had a reaction and that water was clear. I realized I was alive. Sometimes words form in my mouth and sit there. I don't think them in my mind or feel them in my heart, but I taste them on my tongue. This morning I woke up with the words, I love you, in my mouth and his heat on my skin. I smiled because they weren't true, but they felt good to taste. I wondered if when I opened my mouth they would find their way into the open air, or they would linger in the dusty sunlight. I played with them while we kissed, and I wondered why they greeted me so aggressively and so early in the morning. I realized this morning that my body works in unity. That what sits in my mouth, or my heart, or my mind, or my toes is felt in me, through me, out of me. I realize that keys open locks. I realize warmth on my flesh and sun patches made for cats. Tomorrow I feel bad, and I don't know why. My skin feels like a bruised pear, and I press it softly, feeling it inside and throughout. The sky looks like fall, and my wet hair tickles my neck. Sometimes I think about what's below me and behind me, but tomorrow I think about what's above and ahead.
0: told
6: by Ben Constant. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm gonna take you guys on a little trip into my life yeah, I just I'll just have you know I was gonna play a song on, on my little toy keyboard but um, but the battery like exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was really weird yeah it was like covered in this like white it was working earlier today, like, did you, did you me.
7: wash your hands? It's poisonous. It's uh, battery acid.
6: No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, like, put my fingers on I'm not going to die, right? Is it, like, kill you, might- or is it, like? I'm wash your hands. All right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh. Uh-huh. What? OK, all right. So this is a true story. Uh, last so last winter, I um, I really wanted to buy this this thing called a MIDI controller, which is basically like a keyboard that you plug into your computer, and then you can uh, like make like you can use it as a controller of like software instruments, like on different like music kind of software, like GarageBand or Logic. Um, so I was like making a lot of music on my computer, and I. All I was using like the keyboard as like the controller, so I was like, I just want to get like a nice big like keyboard so I can use that. So I was going on Craigslist and I found this really cool looking keyboard. It was pretty cheap, and I was like, okay, this is great. Um, and the guy, I, I'm from Newton, Massachusetts, and the guy was like in Needham, so it was really close by. So I call him up and he's like, yeah, totally. Like I'll meet you. Like I'll get off work from the post office at like eight. I can meet you there. Um, so I drove to Needham and uh, meet this guy behind the post office, this guy maybe in his 50s. Like, his, his name was Jim. Uh, he's a really, really nice guy um, and he like, had his band and he had the keyboard and he was showing me how it worked. I was like, this is great, cool, you know, here's the $150. Um, and then we were just chatting for a while he was like, a really nice guy, he was telling me about how he like, recently got into music kind of later in life. And um, and how his saxophone is like his main instrument, um, and I was like, oh, I just bought a saxophone, like I it's kind of broken, um, like I am trying to learn it. He's like, oh yeah, like what's wrong with it? And I told him what's wrong with it. And he gave me all this advice about saxophones, and then we were just shooting the shit for a while and talking about music and like he was telling me how he likes to go to these open mics and Needham and he and he loves like putting videos on YouTube um, of him playing saxophone, like. He's like, yeah, it's so it's so easy. You just like put, you know, you just put the camera there and you just play a song and like you put it up. People can comment. It's great. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like he's like, yeah, like I'll show, I'll send you some of my videos. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like great. Thanks for the thanks for the saxophone class, thanks for the keyboard. So I was on my merry way and I got home and he he sent me like a follow up email like thanks again for buying this like also I have this like microphone for sale if you want it blah blah, blah. oh like and here's here's a link. To one of my videos, um, and well, actually, here, do you can you just pass me that like laptop? It's <laughs> <laughs> like a laptop. <laughs> yeah, that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Can okay, hit him with the laptop? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so he sends me a link, and we, yeah, I can read it now. But he he sends me this link. Um, and the name of the video is Moonlight Serenade with Keelworth New King Alto Saxophone and GW Mouthpiece, 5 or so read, you know, 400 views. Yeah, okay, I'm like thinking nothing of it. Excited to listen to some saxophone music. So I, so I, I hit play. Song. <laughs>
2: He's,
6: like song He's like, playing. He's like, turn over. So let's see, this music is, I mean, this video is three minutes long.
2: <laughs> I'll just, uh, let oh, me go
6: to <laughs> 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 Alright, well, maybe he ends it with something. different. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so, so then, like, so I I K E M A seven eight one, which is an area code near Boston. So that's the name of his channel. Um, and so I click on his channel, and I see there's like a bunch of these videos. So like, this one, "Stairway to Heaven" heart version, with Boucher, Aristocrat, and G W mouthpiece. Five five minutes and forty-seven seconds. This, I, you can't make this up. This is, this is real life, okay? And then, and then I, so I, I'm looking, okay. So I click on Uploads, and here, I'll just look so you guys can all see. So I click on upload, so many of these videos, like literally, load more, load more, they're just, they're, they just go on. So like I literally, I click on any random one, um, here's, a, here's an earlier one where he's a little closer to the, to the camera. <coughs> um, Cubano chant. Ray Bryant style with con <laughs> KM, tenor and ponzol mouthpiece and fiber cell reed. Three minutes, fourteen seconds. Never, I've never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
6: what the actual fuck? <laughs> he's like a really, he's like a normal, dude, like, a really nice guy. Like. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that's um <laughs> that's my story.
1: <star. laughs> so when David first had the idea of this show, <laughs> um <laughs> When David first had the idea of the show, he imagined people um, telling stories from their own lives or fictional stories that they had written, but um, accompanying those like, folk tales or canonical tales that um, like in relation kind of supports the stories that people themse- themselves tell. Um, and so in accordance with the letter A, I will be telling the story of Anansi the spider, who is um, a beloved character in... Uh, West African folktales, and this is a story by Michael Ald. Once in a before time, Anansi was walking far into the bush. Soon he came to a house with a very, very, very old man sitting inside the mouth of the front door. The old man looked like skin and dry bones. Anansi gathered up his courage and said, Good day, sir. I've been walking all morning and would love to have a cool drink of ice water. However, the old man said nothing. Anansi, who thought that the old man might have been deaf, walked closer to the seated figure and repeated in a loud voice, I said, good morning, sir, may I have a drink of water? Nevertheless, the old man said nothing. And Anansi scratched his head and said, oh, you said go inside the house and help myself. The old man still said nothing to Anansi. Anansi walked past the old man and went into his house and not only helped himself to ice-cold water, but to as much food as he could possibly eat. When he had finished eating, Anansi went outside to see the old man who was sitting in the same spot by the door. Anansi thanked him politely for his hospitality and returned home. The next day, Anansi went to the house of the old man and again ate his fill. Still, the old man said nothing to Anansi. On the third day, Anansi the spider brought his lazy son to the old man's house. Good morning, sir, Anansi greeted. Since you have been so kind to me, I have brought my son who wants to be a cook. I will give him to you as an apprentice for whatever it is that you do, said Anansi. Then he turned to his son. Now go into the house and fix your father a nice plate of food. The old man still said nothing. The next day, Anansi got up early. He headed to the old man's house. The old man had not moved and was still sitting by his door. Anansi said his good morning and entered the house. He called for his son, but he did not answer. He knew that he liked hide-and-seek, so he looked in every closet. He then checked under the bed. Although he knew that it was a dangerous hiding place, he looked into the icebox, but he could not find his son. Anansi searched all over the house, but he was not able to find his child. He thought of one place that he had not looked. I know where he is. He is hiding the oven. He said, that, he said this as he opened the door to the stove's oven. Anansi jumped back. For in the oven lay all six of his son's shoes, burnt to a crisp. Anansi rushed outside the house and grabbed the old man by the collar. Where's my son? He shouted. Finally, the old man spoke in a deep, raspy voice. (coughs) Do you know who I am? He said slowly, chewing on every word that escaped his throat. Yes, Anansi said. You are my son's new mentor? "Ha!" Your son's mentor," the old man <laughs> rasped. "My name is Death, and you came looking for me. I did not invite you into my house. To add insult to injury, you brought me your vile offspring. So I ate him. Now I am going to have you for lunch," Brother Death said, said as he grabbed Nancy by the shirt. Nancy tore the buttons from his shirt, slipped out of it, and ran for his life. He ran as fast as he could in the belief that he could easily outdistance an old man like Brother Death. However, wherever Anansi turned, Death was right behind him. Finally, out of desperation, Anansi lunged for a tree and climbed as high as he could. To his surprise, Brother Death did not follow Anansi up the tree. Death could not climb. Brother Death picked up a rock, an old shoe, anything he could find, and threw them at Anansi. They all missed. Death could not throw either. He soon ran out of things to throw. Therefore he ran around to the other tree in search of any missile. Once, when he took his eyes off Anansi, the frightened spider jumped off the tree and bolted for his home. As he neared his house, Anansi shouted out to his wife, Aso, grab the children and climb up to the ceiling. Death is after me. What did you say, Anansi? His wife asked. I said, grab the children and climb to the ceiling, Anansi cried. You said, do what with the potato peelings? His wife asked. (laughs) I said, oh, never mind, Anansi cried in frustration. He quickly rushed into his house, grabbed his wife and children, and climbed up into the ceiling with them. Grab hold of the wooden beams and hold tight, he shouted. As brother T- Death rushed to the door, And Nancy and his family were safely clinging to a beam in the ceiling. Brother Death calmly plicked, picked up a burlap bag, pulled up a chair, sat down under the dangling spider family and crossed his legs. Half an hour passed and Nancy's youngest son said to his father, oh, papa, my hands are hurting. I can't hold on any longer. Hold on, son, for if you fall, death is going to get you, Anansi said to his child. However, the boy could not hold on any longer. Therefore he fell. Death caught the boy and opened the burlap bag. It is your father I want, not you. Then he placed the child into the burlap bag. Soon, one of Anansi's daughters cried out to her father, Papa, please, my hands are tired, I'm going to fall. Fall? Fall and death is going to get you, Anansi answered. His daughter fell, and Death placed her in the burlap bag with her brother. I don't want you. I want your father, said Death. Soon, Anansi's other daughter and son fell. So did his wife, Also, fin- Finally, Anansi's own hands became tired. First, the left hand froze and lost its grip. However, Anansi held on tight with, his, with only his right hand. He exercised the frozen left hand in hope of using it to relieve his right hand. Anansi's mind began to race. Brother Death, he called. I'm so fat from eating all of your food that I will just splatter into pieces if I fall. There will not be enough of me left to put in that bag. You will only have to—you will only have enough meat to make spider burgers. However, if you—if you get into the kitchen, you will find a barrel of flour. Get the barrel and set it under me so that the flour will cushion the fall. I won't splatter. I will just be battered. <laughs> Death ex- exhaled, rubbing his chin and smiled showing all 37 and a half of his teeth. Fried spider pie for dinner. eh? Anansi figured that the flower barrel was so heavy that it would take four men to lift it. This would give him time to escape. As Brother Death went into the kitchen, Anansi was about to let go and drop from the ceiling. However, in a flash, Death was back under Anansi with the flour barrel. Anansi had underestimated Brother Death's strength. As Brother Death wobbled the barrel from side to side, he bent over the barrel to make sure that it was exactly under Anansi. The cunning spider, though, dropped on top of the old man's head, dunking his face into the flower. The flower bath temporarily blinded Death. Anansi jumped off Death's head, released, released his family, and they all ran for their lives. Death has never caught Anansi the spider. That is why there are Anansi stories to this day. When you see spider webs on the ceiling, it belongs to Anansi. He is still trying. And so next up, we have Old Souls, <laughs> Mira and yeah. Eva, Earth House <Yeah>.
8: To call ourselves old souls, like the souls of your shoes, not souls. But. <laughs> um, we're gonna be singing two songs tonight. Both are covers. This first one is by Sean Hayes, but we listened to a version by the Be Good Tanyas. So it's called "A Thousand tiny
2: Love, 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 like.
1: Up next, Noah St. John will be reading some uh, some selections from his writings. (laughs) 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 Um,
9: So have any of you folks ever wanted to have sex with your mom? drove here in a hummer tonight. Nice. Nice. Alright, let's hear some noise from all you crazy motherfuckers living in North College. Sunglasses on right now. <laughs> yes, ma'am Okay, let me get a yes, yes from everybody who fucking loves stress. <laughs> All right. I want every goddamn one of you born before nineteen thirty to make some noise like that. Now. Now's your time. Make some fucking noise. Let it rest. Let's hear folks in the crowd who have been to the Alphabet show two times
2: <laughs> it's
9: here for my three timers. <laughs> Word Uh can I uh can I get some noise from all the people who know the names of my family members of all my family members. Uh, that was a man. That was a uh, Can I hear a what's up from Steve Jobs right now? Share love if you're Katniss Everdeen. Girl on fire, where are you? Let's hear from the aliens. I'm talking noise from the current professional ball players in the audience. Let's hear a Drake right now. Let's hear some cheer from the hundredth person in the room. Word from the thousand. If you are a snake, let me hear you slither. <laughs> Thank you all, my fellow Brits. Um, all right. Now, I'm just going to tell, thanks for the clap, Claire. Um, you know, it would have been nice if, like, more people had a clap. No, no, no. Um, that was really just for, like, I just feel like that was for Jordan, like, Claire, like, Sarah, Hope, Sam. Y'all know what that means. Um, Alright, now I'm going to tell a quick story. Um, so... I did Taekwondo from the ages 3 to 13, and I didn't do Karate, and I wasn't one of the American children who was forced by their parents into the martial arts system. I was very, I was very dedicated to Taekwondo and to Capoeira, um, and I had a very... It's not, it's not really dope. Yeah, yeah, because actually, you know, I had a very... A nice uniform. I had a white uniform with a black waistband, a black lapel, and after uh, years of dedication, a black belt.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um,
9: And I would... um, I'm not going to do anything, because I think... Is it for the right... Is this a radio thing? No, I'm not going to... Don't worry about it. Okay, um, so when I was... Oh no, there's one more Oh yeah, my Taekwondo studio was in Oakland, and my home is in Berkeley, it's about 20 minutes away. One day, when I was 12 years old, uh, after a rousing round of Taekwondo class, uh, my grandmother took me to the corner store to buy a power bar. I love power bars, Um, and I uh, I could have gotten any flavor I wanted. um, Vanilla, vanilla crisp, wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, word, word. Um, apple cinnamon, cookies and cream, et cetera, etc. cetera, et cetera. Um, But this time, I chose to go with chocolate, which is, you know, a rare choice. And chocolate really looks like a lump,
2: like a lump of poop.
9: Um, but nonetheless, I was um, blissed out. I was uh, riding back in, in the backseat with my grandmother, and I tore open the power bar, and I unwrapped the, like, it's just so... It's such, I love, love these power bars. I'm not talking about the new power bars. I'm talking about like the old ones that are bendy and sticky. They still have them, but it feels like a relic. Madeline knows what I'm talking about. It feels like a relic from the past that is preserved. It feels like an old iPhone if it were sticky. Uh. Um, And I'm really delighted. I also just need to say that my little cousin was also there. I was going to leave her out to make it more snappy because there's no reason to tell you, but I love my little cousin. If she were ever to hear this, I don't want her to be like, she she would feel fucked up. Like <laughs> I would have her fucked up if I didn't tell her.
2: <laughs> yeah, my
9: little cousin's <laughs> name is Olivia. Uh, no, I was I was
2: gonna I was gonna go into that.
9: <laughs> I feel so much more
2: relaxed
10: than
9: I thought
10: I
11: would. Um,
9: um, um, um okay, so I'm in the backseat of the car and I open my power bar, and I'm munching on it, Um, and a quarter of the way through, I'm feeling good, my grandma's listening to KPFA, oh fuck, you guys are from the Bay Area, to KPFA, and um, uh, halfway through the car, I'm still feeling good, I'm munching on it, and I get to the last little, tiny little morsel of power bar in my hand, and I loved to um, ball up the power bar into a tiny ball, and to like roll it, twiddle it, to twirl it between my thumb and my index finger. And, um, as I was throwing the ball, I, I felt something something break inside my stomach. And
2: <laughs>
9: something went wrong inside me. <laughs> uh, things were awry. And so I, I flipped. I discovered Disgusting. The the power bar became it was so sexy and it became so disgusting. And <laughs> I, I flicked the power bar into the dark recesses of my grandma back of my grandmother's car say to say we go to my little cousin's old house hoping we will find the uh, the new inhabitants in the house. We knock on the door, no one's there. We go to a liquor store and see if there's a bathroom there for me, no one is there. I
3: am <laughs> clenching
9: my buttocks. My hand is
3: probably, <laughs> I don't
9: know if this is sort of, Let's say it, like literally like like
2: like,
9: <laughs> um, <laughs> like just just holding it in for dear life! I mean, come on! And I'm, um, uh, we make it to my house. In order to get to my house, you have to go around to the back porch. You have to go up the stairs. It's a long way. Um, but I don't have, like, a big house. Like, I'm not... I'm not super rich. Um, so, um, I, I, I run to the back porch. I get my hands on my waistband, but not before realizing that, for some inexplicable reason, my downstairs neighbors uh, the man who lives in the cottage behind me, Brent. <laughs> and, um, my parents, I have, I have gay moms, just wanna say I have lesbian moms, gotta say that. Um, and my parents are all... Oh, I wrote <laughs> Um, I make it to the back porch. <laughs> I make it to the back porch and put my hands on my waistband, but not before noticing that my parents my downstairs neighbors and the man who lived in the cottage behind me were all standing outside their doors looking down towards the back porch as if waiting for me as if they predicted the explosion inside my stomach but i had no strength and so with the knowledge that they're watching me i pulled my pants down and released my bowels like a five-year-old onto the back Four. Oh, I was 12, <laughs> 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 I think I that. I released my balance, but like, it was a pool, it created a pool.
2: Like, it was a poo of semi-solid, um,
9: semi-solid, solid. semi-solid <laughs> yeah. pool. And all, oh, and my downstairs neighbors laughed. They <laughs> <laughs> straight up, they straight up laughed at me. That's no lie. Um, but, you know, I still love Powerballs, Pars, I still love black ball and Taekwondo, so I think I'm doing pretty great. Thank you very much. <laughs>
11: To try not to pee myself. Um, I have two things: um, one song and another song. And
1: um,
2: the
11: first song is
1: based on true story. Uh, I have to pee so bad. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, do you want have? Saved? Yeah. Do you have someone go, no, just, just go? Just go. I'll oh, go. We It'll have... make it like more passionate. <laughs>
11: to Father's was no A small bird calling from inside a dead tree. There are some things little boys are ill equipped to see. The next song is a folk tale of sorts
9: um, from the nineties.
11: Yeah. <laughs> You're a blonde <laughs> Bimbo girl In a fantastic One You go up Make it down You're my daughter yeah. You're my daughter me here touch me there hanky fanky yeah (laughs) you can touch you can play if you say i'm always yours oh you're my barbie girl oh in the barbie world It's fantastic, going. Oh, I can brush your hair and dress you everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. Come on, Bobby, let's go party.
2: Come on, Bobby, let's go party.
11: Come on, oh, come on. Oh, come on, oh, come on.
10: doing some
8: super cool poems is Kathleen
10: Renegade. <laughs> this poem is called Heaven is a Barn. You miss Ashley Simpson. You missed Oma, the upholstered chairs crowned with China doll. Holes in the wall from chucked alarm clocks. John F. Kennedy. You miss masturbation and jogging on AstroTurf. You miss slumber parties, (laughs) August barbecues. You miss Boston and church views. You miss Earth's first wiggly life forms. You miss oil paint. Floppy-haired boys in graphic tees who smirk across the cafeteria. School bus in the rain. Leather seats and opaque windows driving dark Vermont roads with the man you're beginning to love. You miss talk radio, pond brine to your knees. You miss rain that slaps gray on the windshield, cave paintings, when your parents read you books before bed, rubbing your palms on the rug to conjure static. You miss the toilet, magazine flap glossy on your lap, glamour. You miss the smell of barns, horse tails slapping flies. You miss strawberry pop tarts and alien movies, And everyone you've ever kissed except the burger mouth marine from the dance club you miss doing drugs in the blizzard how snow became glitter movable by your eyeballs how you gazed at gales of flakes unashamed of the tears sliding out your ducts as if you were a clementine peeled you miss popsicles bleeding blue on the blacktop you miss dogs with stubby legs brushing makeup onto your cheeks you miss string theory you miss sameness of the sea light curled off ridge roofs, splotches on the deck from pruned feet, hard teal diving board, being seven, leather car seat, stretching your neck to view the bottoms of trees. What about 14, sucking your stomach flat under your school uniform? Do you miss the boring songs about God the nuns made you sing? You don't miss popping zits or picking calluses. You don't miss the gynecologist's metal stirrups. You miss gasoline, snipped grass. You don't miss mall food courts. You miss the moon landing, line breaks and meter, parabolas jump ropes. You miss your firth- first therapist, her peach cheeks and perfect haircut. You miss dancing with Maggie in the front of a concert, pushed against the buzzing amp by strangers swiveling hips. You miss animals murdering each other on TV, their shiny magnolia guts. You don't miss clump period blood, you miss frogs, You miss waitresses with tattooed ankles, diner ketchup bottles, cities stacked like milk cartons against all odds, polluting the universe, filling it with light. You miss your brain before you'd ever grieved. You miss the snake like water in your hands, how stage lights shrunk your pupils, when water and land were scoops of color miles under your feet. You miss flying dreams and cowboys, Bette Midler, the salt space a lost tooth leaves. Nelson Mandela, and gold framed paintings on museum walls. You miss fluttering your fingers under blankets. <coughs> you miss waking thirsty, sucking water from a thermos. You miss the field trip to the polluted lake, how you unpacked your log books. You miss how it looked like tea. Um, and then this is a poem called Brianna. I close my eyes until I see Brianna in black sneakers head half shaved, half ponytail, dragons etched onto her arms. She scrubs gray gunk off the counter. The linoleum smells like disinfectant and something else. Dish soap, pink frosting coats or scabbed hands in a viscous sink. We st- soak and stack flat plates in the kitchen, slather suds on silver knives. I imitate a tourist in a twin set who didn't tip and ask for prawns. Brianna cackles like a shot at the start of a race, does standing push-ups against the fridge. She's 22, I'm 20. We slice pickles into spears. She calls herself a NASA geek, (coughs) Ass if college is fun. I say sometimes, sometimes lonely. She says she would have been an astronaut, but her vision is shit, so it's fine she got knocked up. I tell her I am nauseous. A man punched through my heart like a car window. She says, men are shitty liars. Go home, watch a funny movie. I Googled her once and learned she saw her friend stabbed in the bedroom of a four floor walk up. Her witness statement said, Blood, semen on the tile, three kids crying in a locked closet. I don't let on that I know this, though Brianna can tell I'm staring at her. Her girls are seven and four. She boils two hot dogs before the end of every shift and toasts the buns. She says she'll take them to the public pool tomorrow. The youngest is learning to float on her back. Brianna slides bread on the press and slams the lid, says I need to get out of here, clocks out with hot dogs in a box. She says, don't think you'll never find someone else because we've all felt like that and we'll all find someone. Her girl's cloudy faces against the glass doors, the youngest flutters fingers on one hand, small Brianna's with sweet eyes and thin limbs, the tallest on tiptoe in Aquamary Mary Jane's. Brianna's Atlas holds her world up, flies over the tile toward a free day, public pool, sun-soaked city. <laughs>
0: So we have one final storyteller, but before I'm going to read um, these slips that people wrote out. So the first the <coughs> little prompt for this one is, share any announcements, annotations, annoyances, adults, abstractions, angst, actualizations, ants, ants like the movie, and ants like aunts. <laughs> okay, this one says, I love how ants work together. <laughs> Um, this one, this one says, no, we'll get there. This one says, I have only one aunt, but it's by marriage. So I guess I don't really have an aunt, but I do have an ant infestation in my room.
2: <laughs> um,
0: this is an announcement to all. Duke Day is nigh, really, really nigh. <laughs> Come to the West Coast Cafe tomorrow, anytime, you <laughs> want for great music, a ball pit, etc. Um. This says Bruce, my friend's dad, is an adult, I think, and my Antha. Okay. So the other side of these said A is for. A is for acrimony. It's for Abraham, and then in parentheses, the one from the Bible. A is for action baby, and lots of it. A is for assholes. A is for Applebee's, Alex Trebek, and <laughs> Ass to Ass. <laughs> and A is for the Appalachian Trail, which I'm going to hike one bit. Um, and this is also a final reminder for everyone here, if you want to tell a story or do music or poetry or anything at the Alphabet Show, send us a very quick email it's the it's alph show a-l-p-h show at gmail.com also just tell all of your friends about it if you think they would want to be a part of it um this recording is going to be on our soundcloud which already has one small recording on it and on itunes as well just search the alphabet show it'll come up as a podcast and now without further ado Olivia Morris is telling you. Hi. OK.
8: Um,
7: I'm going to tell a story. Concerns about my body a fat, red-haired boy named Connor called me Gorilla Girl. He screamed this name at me when I swung from one monkey bar to the other, and I didn't know why. I thought it had something to do with playing on the monkey bars and my chubbiness, but when I asked him, Connor told me to look at my armpits. I knew he was referring to the dark patches of armpit hair that my other friends didn't have yet. I went home, crying, calling my mom on the telephone, demanding that she let me shave my armpits. If I didn't, I feared everyone would hate me and call me Gorilla Girl for the rest of my life. That night, she taught me how to shave. A few months later, after I became a shaving master, my mom let me shave my legs before a very important dinner party involving my crush at the time. He would see my hairless legs and kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first time I shaved my legs, I used some ultra-fancy feminine shaving cream. I shaved my calves, my knees, and my thighs. After the shower, I moisturized my legs and felt as close to sexy as a fifth grader could feel. (laughs) My hairless underarms and legs made me feel old and powerful. I hummed while I lathered lotion on my legs. My mom came home from work to take me to the dinner party and to look at them. Expecting some nicks, she lightly rubbed her hand over my calves. Her Her facial expression shifted from curious to knowing too much she realized that the smoothness of my legs embodied my growing up. As her hand gazed over my hairless thighs, she yelled, Livy, what is this? I don't know what it is about the hair on a girl's thighs, but every mother wants her to keep it. <laughs> I did not say that you could shave this far up. Olivia, this is not what we agreed to. <laughs> I, didn't
2: en-
7: I didn't understand why she cared so much, but I knew that this would be the last time I shaved my thighs. Except once a year, the day before Coachella, a music festival where I would practically shave everywhere. <laughs> in seventh grade, even before a boy had touched my vagina, I shaved the whole thing. One strange weekend night, I slept at my friend Mary's house. She had boyfriends in the past, makeout sessions during recess, and a shaved vagina. We showered together, knowing we were too old for this type of fun. I scanned her tiny, weak physique, noticing the differences between her body and mine her undeveloped breasts and my B for big cut boobs, her innie outy belly button and my deep innie hole, her angularness and my rotundness, her blondness and my brownness, her plain hairless vagina and my bush of dark kinky hair. Mary didn't mention anything, but I felt too uncomfortable not to. You shave your vagina? Yeah, it's really not that weird. Boys think it's hot. I wondered if any boy had seen her vagina. I guess probably not. She was confident in her choice, and I left that shower thinking that my vagina was the weird one. I began to shave my vagina sporadically, telling my mom it was just for bathing suits, even though I had not swam in months. Connor never called me gorilla girl once I started to shave. My vagina didn't look as weird anymore. When people started to notice my body hair, I learned to hate it, and I still do. After years of shaving, I grew tired of my prickly calves. Junior year, I stopped shaving and transitioned into waxing. I went to Mystic Nails every month to get a half-leg wax, a lip wax, an armpit wax, and a bikini wax that usually turned into an asshole wax. A typical time at Mystic Nails follows. I walk into the salon, which reeks of acetone and embarrassment. A Vietnamese woman named Jessica asks me, what can we do for you today? I need a waxing, please. Honey, what kind of waxing? Eyebrow? Every Vietnamese waxer thinks I need an eyebrow waxer. (laughs) Actually, I need lip, leg, armpit, and, whispering, bikini. Jessica yells across the salon to the other waxer, Kathy. She needs leg, lip, armpit, and bikini. She screams bikini the loudest. My cheeks turn red as I walk down to the waxing corner. I can feel all of the women in the salon staring at me. Their judging eyes hurt more than the wax itself. They know that I'm getting a bikini wax because they've all been there and done that. I walk into the waxing corner and begin to undress. Hi, honey, what are we doing for you today? Leg, eyebrow, bikini? Actually, not eyebrow, just leg, lip, arm, and a bikini. I say just so my request seems smaller. Why don't you want eyebrow wax, honey? I don't know, too painful, I say. I like my eyebrows, the only body hair I'm fond of. But honey and bikini is painful, too. I know this, but it's worth it. Kathy waxes my body, and every time she finishes using a fabric strip, she proceeds to show me the hair she has just removed
2: from my body.
7: Look at all this hair! I see all the hair on a fabric strip, and not on the crease between my thigh and vagina. A sense of relief washes over me. Things are looking up. Kathy finishes, and I give her a 20% tip. Now, I don't even wax every month. The hair on my legs and underarms grows in lighter and thinner. I'm no longer scared of my body hair. I'm scared of what boys will think of my body hair. I have leg hair, armpit hair, lip hair, asshole hair, and pubic hair. But so do boys. I imagine that they think a little bit differently about me when they touch and see my pubic hair. Maybe they think I'm a down to earth, low maintenance granola babe. But
2: <laughs>
7: Maybe they think I'm nasty or dirty. But I'm kind of not. Maybe Maybe they think I'm exciting and different, which I am. If you wanna kiss my face, know that I probably have a good amount of hair on my body.
1: We want to thank all the performers. You guys were awesome. And everyone who showed up. Um, we're going to do this again. So please come next time and tell everyone you know about this. Yes. Yeah. And submit. Yeah, and submit. Just talk to them. Thank you,
2: Joey and David, and everyone else who helped in Emily and Jess. Emily and Jess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there you have it. That was our very first alphabet show we're going to have another one following the theme of b the letter b um, one of the first couple weekends of next semester if you have any questions about the show or you would like to submit and perform on it or just submit work and have someone else perform it please email us at alphshow@gmail.com. at gmail.com a l p h S-H-O-W at gmail.com and we will do everything we can to get you um, on the show and um, involved in any way that you would like. Um, But thank you again for
2: listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you.